0: You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, give us another clue for our quiz. Okay, what creature am I?
1: John saw one of these that was pale and death was upon it. It's not the only one he saw. It's not. So, But, but the it, other ones
0: he saw didn't look like that.
1: It didn't. They looked like other colours with other people on it. Yes. But if you know what it is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. Man, I was... Deathly close to giving it away Just then I,
2: was like, <laughs> I could
1: feel the word I am,
0: I am so disappointed right now Coming into of, my coming mouth
1: of, I was like Oh I'm going to say it And then I didn't did I You like, just bit your tongue At the last second
2: <laughs> Dawson
0: <look at> <laughs> if you had said it I would not have stopped Roasting you Until the end of the <laughs> show It would have been The best morning ever <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be a big payout on Lawson Day. Mm, classic. Uh, okay, we are into our encounter with God Bible study section. Before we do, I just want to say something about our app, mm-hmm. the Faith FM Australia app. Yes. So this is a fantastic way to listen to Faith FM. Uh, if you are in an area, say a remote area, you know we we're just talking to Justin Epps here a moment ago. He lives in a remote area. Mm. And of course, he has the advantage of being, you know, self-sufficient, self-sustaining in the area that he is, and that's one of the reasons why he was able to, uh, you know, continue fighting the fire as it went through. But we, um, if you're living in a remote area like that, it is highly unlikely that you'll be able to listen to Faith FM. But if you can get a phone signal, mm. you can get a perfect Faith FM signal yes. via the app. Yes. Now, the great thing about phones these days, of course, is they also link with your car stereo. Mm -hmm. And we know that most of radio is listened to in the car these days Mm -hmm. um, or in the workshop. And so if you link it to your car stereo or to your headset, then you're going to have a perfect Faith FM signal. Actually, just got a message from
1: someone who is listening to the show from his workshop. Uh, shout out, Caleb! Hey, right,
0: go, Caleb! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. he just
1: sent me a message from from the workshop, faithful Faith FM listener. So, uh-huh. what a guy!
0: Headset underneath of his earmuffs, and away he goes. Mm, That's yeah. how you do it in a workshop. Mm. And so that way you can have your own workshop radio because all workshops have radio. We have you know, workshop radio is a is a thing. And um, you know, I lived, I worked in a workshop for uh, many many years. And that was the thing. You walk into work in the morning, you flick the radio on, you walk out in the evening, you flick it off. Mm. But you only ever get to listen to the station on workshop radio that is the most popular station for the people in the workshop or for the boss. Usually the boss or the foreman gets to choose what station it is. And that's kind of his right. That's an Australian unwritten Mm law. But if you have the Faith FM app... You can listen to whatever station you choose, mm-hmm. that being Faith FM, and you're not locked into whatever the foreman or the boss
1: chooses. I, I gotta be honest; like, I had an experience where I worked in a motorbike workshop for a little bit, for about eight weeks over the summer, while I was like up in Queensland doing a bunch of training, and then I just work in the shop like for you know um, about six hours during the day, and. It was a very harrowing experience because oh. we listened to the same radio every single day and the same songs played every single day, songs of which I didn't much like and I was struggling with it big time. So, this we're giving you a way out here.
0: That's right. Yes. Okay, so I'd encourage you, it's, it's a very simple process. You simply go to your app store. And if you're not familiar with your, yeah, you know, because I know we have some uh, older listeners who aren't so familiar with their mobile devices, mm-hmm. just go and find a millennial or a Gen Z. <laughs> I downloaded for Faith
1: FM with someone, someone the other day. Like a lady at church came to me. She's like, oh, how do I get Faith FM on my phone? I heard there's an app. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. This is my time to shine. <laughs> like went to the app store, downloaded it, set it up, like, and she's got Faith FM on her phone now.
0: Millennials and Gen Zs actually really like it when boomers come to them and ask yeah. you to do tech stuff like that. <laughs> it makes you feel it's, so special. It does. <laughs> so if you if you are a boomer and struggling with those kind of things, then um, ask someone. Mm. I ask people all the time and I'm, a, I'm an X general mm. and I ask people I ask younger people than myself all the time. Can you help, can you just, it? Here, here's my device. Sort it for me. <laughs> do. <laughs> Hand it back when it is sorted and working, and it's just a great way of doing it. Mm. And this is a great way of listening to The Breakfast Show. Mm. Uh, you will always have it available. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you this morning. I know I do share it on occasions, uh, but it is important thing to keep front and centre because we want as many people to get a great Faith FM signal uh, wherever they are, whatever it is that they are doing, we are in the book of Daniel, and we have been reading about Daniel. And yesterday we read and discovered that Daniel was taken as a captive, as a slave, along with many, many other young men. Um, he's dragged on starvation rations from you know one side of the world to the other, as it was in those days. His expectation. Being, you know, public execution, that was kind of uh, the thing, that's how it used to happen. Um, He does not receive that expectation, but he comes from a very, you know, uh, he comes from a nation that has been destroyed by war, that has been defeated and smashed, a nation that has been crippled by idolatry for four generations a nation that has turned their back on God, a mm. nation that doesn't see themselves as having a really good reason to be worshippers of God, because this is that uh, uh, they they see their their God as having been defeated by the Babylonian gods. So maybe they should consider the Babylonian gods. Well, actually, you know what? They've been worshiping the Babylonian gods for four generations anyway, four kings mm. anyway. Uh, he he gets to Babylon, and you know the the assumption is. That he becomes a eunuch there, and that's yes. enough to discourage any young man. It'd be very mm. surprising if he did not. And then he's given the very best. You know, you you would imagine how discouraged and 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 just you know give up you would be at this particular point. Yeah. Then he is handed the best of the best of the best food that there is available. Mm. Now just a little bit of a a thought. <clears throat> a word to the wise. From Lyle, if you go into somebody's home and they've prepared really good food uh, and you refuse to eat it, that's a very fast way of, you know, just uh, (laughs) offending them deeply, unfriending yourself, you know. Um, That's a very, very poor strategy. Mm, Honestly, like,
1: it is the biggest moral dilemma that I go through as a vegan. Like because I'm constantly offered food that isn't vegan, and so I'm always like, "Oh man, how do I deal with with this situation?" And I'll be honest and say that like very very few times, but um, well, I'll I'll like I went out to to um, I went up to to Lightning Ridge. Out there to perform a bunch yes. of. I did a bunch of concerts for the farmers. Vegan out food there. can be a
0: bit hard to find in the bush. Yeah, not so bad. Not so much. Not so bad these days, but still not as easy as in the inner city. Yes, extremely. And so I'm up there. Um
1: and I like you know played these Christmas concerts, and we were doing like barbecues and stuff for the farmers and like the church up there they're like again, you know vegan food is very hard to find, so they're providing you know it's just it's a sausage sizzle basically, yeah, and um you know, I was pretty content, I just had like onion sandwiches, I was like yeah that's that's cool, but then um love onions. Oh, it's is
0: just my cooked, favorite dude, <laughs> food's on the planet.
1: Onion sandwich with barbecue mm. sauce. It was where it was at. But then, um, yeah, on Sabbath, you know, we had church, and then I got invited back to someone's place after Sabbath. And sitting there, and they bring lunch out. You know, they prepared lunch for me and, and Neil as like he's preaching, and I was doing the song service. And it was like a quiche that wasn't vegan because is aren't vegan and i'm sitting there it was just this this tense moment of like man what do i do what do i do and yeah i had that internal conversation of like do i accept do i reject and um ultimately and this is one of the few times like that during my stint of veganism that i have like eaten uh non-vegan food and i made the decision that i was like no i'm going to eat this food as a courtesy to the person who prepared it for me because because that you know Like and and especially in that circumstance where it wasn't like, it wasn't like I could just you know, I could just eat something else. Like they had prepared this meal for me in in a context where they couldn't they didn't just have anything else that they could serve me. So I was like, okay, I will eat this food. And uh, and yeah, I remember my grandfather.
0: I remember my grandfather telling a story when he was um, um, doing literature evangelism in Tasmania during the depression on the back of a push bike. Yeah. And the way that he did that in those days was the last door that he knocked on, um, he would ask whether he could stay the night. And if he didn't get a yes, he didn't have anyone to stay the night. That was, that was <laughs> how he did it for three years. And uh, yeah, he had to eat some pretty dodgy meals on occasions, that but was you do amazing. what you do to be polite.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, so you did what you did to be polite. Mm hmm. But Daniel didn't? No. So, Lawson. Yes. Has Daniel showed you up? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is there a line that you would draw? Mm.
1: Oh, obviously, like when I said I think so, that was actually kind of a joke. No, I think the, the big difference here is the nature of the food that he's been given to eat is not just uh, not up to dietary requirements in terms of a personal preference.
0: Which... Okay, so this is not about personal preference. this no. is about uh, moral responsibility yes. before God.
1: yes, that's that's where we're at with this.
0: Okay, so the Bible is very clear, and you know all Jewish people who were followers of God would know that there are certain foods that the Bible says, you can't eat this mm-hmm. Um the Bible says that when in in preparation of food to begin with, you need to drain the blood out and cut the cut the fat out. Mm. In other words, cut its throat, let it drain. And then don't eat the fat. And that makes you know, that's perfectly common sense. God is not doing something ceremonial here. This is perfectly about good health. Yes. You know what happens if you eat the fat, right?
1: You clog your
0: arteries. You get fat and your arteries clog and you die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's something we all know. Um and of course if you go to the doctor to get a diagnosis, he takes a blood test, and the reason he takes a blood test is because that's where the disease is. Mm. And so, guys, like you know, drain that stuff out. You don't need to be eating that stuff. Mm. Um, God also in Leviticus uh, chapter eleven it begins with uh, obviously in the time of Noah, long before there were any Jewish people, of course. But it begins with the time of Noah, where you know God has wiped out all the vegetation and he lets you know humans eat flesh for the very first time. Um, And human beings are vegetarians. Biologically, we are vegetarians. We have vegetarian. Um, teeth structure We have a vegetarian digestive system mm. We have a digestive system That can adapt somewhat to eating meat And and survive off it But it certainly doesn't um, is not its ideal What about all those people that say they've benefited from going carnivore Yeah, whatever uh, <laughs> The guy that benefited from going carnivore The other day died from a heart attack He was 40 years old um, <laughs> And he was preaching that Doctrine for like ever And mm. um, God God is no, you know, people, people say that think that God is a fool. God is not a fool. Mm. God knows what he's talking about. And when God gave Adam and Eve a vegetarian diet, that was because it was a good diet. Yeah, wow. God doesn't command us you have to be vegetarian. Mm. But there's obviously a recommendation there. Yes. And this is not about animal protection because God says that we are to be managers of the earth and uh, God will hold us accountable for how we treat the animals. But he's not saying you can't kill animals. And he's not saying you can't eat meat. He's just saying there are some things that are better to eat and some things that are not. Mm. And so when you look at um, Daniel here, he looks at what's being fed to him and it's alcohol and it is unclean meat. Yes. Um, meat that God has forbidden. And, you know, when you're. Faced with a circumstance like this, it wasn't something that was forbidden as such. It was Mm. just something that was against your preference. Mm. And that's the time to be polite. When something is forbidden by God, it's time to be true to God. Yes. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2 and let's read all about it in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 1, I should say. Where did we get up to yesterday? We was talking to Ashfenaz. Yes. And Ashfenaz says, look, if you come out looking, you know, because they're they're already probably looking like uh, somebody who's just walked out of a uh, concentration camp, like an Auschwitz refugee. And he's like, if you guys don't uh, look fatter and healthier and better like real soon, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has entrusted me with getting you guys back to full health and strength and fitness. Mm. Um, and if that's not happening, you're going to endanger my head. And this was no idle threat because this is how... Ne- this is Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar. Bro. Bro. Guy was a psycho. <laughs> He's just, he was just a psycho. There's only one way of describing it. Okay, what have you got for us
1: there, Lawson, please? Okay, so we that's where we finished. Um, he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat the unacceptable food. In verse 9 of Daniel chapter 1, Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, I am afraid of my lord the king who has ordered uh, that you eat this food and wine. If you became pale compared to the other youths of your age, I am afraid that the king would have me beheaded. Daniel spoke... With the attendant who had been appointed uh, by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Azariah, please test us for ten days on diet on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant, the attendant agreed with Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days.
0: There you go. Let's stop there for a moment before we read any further. What would your expectation be, given what we know about, you know, as far as modern science and health research goes, which group is going to be looking the healthiest. Okay, so let's just, let's just build this picture here for a moment. You've got a, a, a group of young people, mm-hmm. young men, mm-hmm. 17 to 19 years old. Yes. That's our age bracket. They've been starved. Mm-hmm. They have been living a very, very hard life, extreme privations. Mm-hmm. They are given rich, heavy-protein food and alcohol But it's done up in the most delicious, delectable way that you can even possibly imagine. Mm. And you're coming off a starvation diet. Yes. How well is that going to go down? Oh, man, it's going to go down like a brick that's wrapped in Lead, basically, <laughs> <laughs> a brick wrapped in lead. I think we've all been there once or twice, haven't we, Lawson? Yeah, where a meal has gone down like a brick, <laughs> brick wrapped, wrapped in, in lead, lead. <laughs> and uh, you know how well do you feel? You know the next day, <laughs> not great, not great. Okay, so compare that then, contrast that with, then with a, a diet of light foods. Mm. Vegetables are incredibly easy to digest. And, of course, somebody who's been on a starvation diet, a lot of the digestive juices that, they, um, that are produced in the stomach have backed right off because mm. there's nothing there for them to do much. Yes. And a person who's been living on you know, bread and water for the last you know, couple of months is simply not going to have the digestive capability to be able to deal with, you know, a heavy meat protein diet and a whole dose of alcohol.
2: Mm. Um,
0: and, of course, the alcohol is going to dehydrate you. The meat is not going to digest, and so you're going to, at the very least, you're going to be uh, making frequent blad smells. Yes. So it's going to do terrible things to your whole digestive system. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whereas water is never going to do anyone harm. No. You, you can't do harm by drinking water. So, they're, they're drinking water. In fact, that's what you need to be drinking lots of and really hydrating yourself coming off a starvation diet. And mm-hmm. these days, we know when somebody comes off a starvation diet, you don't give them meat at all. Yes. You give them stuff that's super easy to digest yes. that their digestive system can handle.
1: And I, I, I've made that mistake before. Yes. I have made the mistake of coming off a, Like, I, I fasted for five days one time Uh huh. and I was like... You know, it got to the end and it's the classic. It was the first time I'd ever fasted, you know, for the purpose of like, I'm doing this, This you know, for my spirituality um, because I'm a believer in God and uh, I come off that and I was like, basically... I come off that to the uh, to the enjoyment of a pizza party that was <laughs> oh happening my at my friend's house, me. and I. And this is
0: only after five days, this right? Is
1: five days, and I <laughs> smashed this pizza. And <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a vegetarian at the time, but it was like vegetarian, and like it was it was pizza, and then dessert afterwards, it was ice cream and tim tams, and like a bunch of <laughs> like fizzy drink, and oh boy, like I was sick for. Days after
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Because
1: I would have eaten like nearly two pizzas.
0: Now, we we understand this today. (laughs) You know, and um, I'm sure that you went in somewhat with your eyes open, possibly a little wiser now than then. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's definitely something I've learned from. But Daniel and his friends, they're doing this (laughs) just out of faithfulness to God. Yeah, well. The Bible goes on to tell us the result And there's nothing particularly, you know, the result is definitely supernatural, but there's also a very physical result that takes place. Mm. Uh, Lawson, keep reading for us there.
1: Um, So we'll keep reading in verse 14. The attendant agreed to the suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men. Who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food, and wine provided for the other for the others. God,
0: Stop there, stop there, stop there. Okay, so does this work out for them? <clears throat> yes. Yes, it does. Mm, and does time. that then mean that they can stay faithful to God? Yes, it does. Mm. More about that after this. I will serve. I
2: love Thee, You have given life to me, I was nothing before
1: Welcome back to faith fm that was the voice of prophecy with i will serve the bit of a classic bit of a bit of a classic yeah that was no one there it's <laughs> awesome um, i love it yep um okay i was about to read another clue for the quiz but i cannot
0: oh because the quiz has been answered Congratulations to Caleb yeah. from Beresfield.
1: Yeah, shout out the K-dog. He's just he's just snapped this one up. He's just on point this morning. And he will win the book What is God Like by Dr. No, Barry. What God is like. What God is like. So it's not a question, but a statement. A statement. Yes. Um by Dr. Barry Harker. Oh man. When will I see you next? I I can just give this to you in person. Me me and Caleb are pretty good friends, so I'll just I'll just I'll just chuck this to him whenever. But uh, yep. Yeah, so, oh, do you think we should do another quiz? We've got a we've got two segments left.
0: Yeah, we could sneak one in. You never know. There's a there's some pretty right, good Bible we'll students do, out there. Someone oh. is bound to uh, snap it up.
1: Okay, we'll do we'll do double question double double clues right off the bat. Are you All ready? Right, okay. Ready. What number am I? Ooh, here we go. Joshua killed the number of kings who were hiding in a ca- this number of kings who were hiding in a cave, then hung them in a tree.
0: Yeah, you said you were going to do clip two clues. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm just like, okay, so Lyle's correct. So no double prizes up for grabs. Okay, what number am I? Paul said he would rather speak this many understandable words than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. Yeah, you Ooh. should have started with clue number two. Yeah, probably. But, hey, that's... I'm better
0: on my history than I am on my Pauline epistles.
1: See, I'm the other way around. Uh, I would have known it from that first clue. (laughs) I'm in the second clue. Second one. Um, But, yeah, if you know the answer, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you will win a prize.
0: Okay, so this whole story with Daniel is starting to come to a head at this particular point. Mm. We find that they are just infinitely more healthy Mm -hmm. than anybody else who has come out of the land of Judah. So a big, large number of young Jewish, Jewish young men have been uh, taken slaves, taken captive. But only these four choose to remain faithful to God. And as we discussed yesterday, they're pretty discouraged. They're pretty smashed. They they had a lot of reason to just give up. Mm-hmm. In fact, everything around them, everything that their senses were telling them, everything they could hear, everything they could see. Everything that they could experience was telling them they were wrong. Mm. You have gone down a wrong path here. Yahweh is defeated. Mm. Move over to Bel and Marduk and worship these gods because the evidence is crystal clear that all of the good things from your temple are now in the temples of these gods. These gods have won. mm and you're captives and you need to live. And this is actually really good food right here. So just take some. Mm. Just eat it. And, of course, the rest of them, they all do. But Daniel and his three friends are the only ones. And this is a small test. I mean, this is a really small thing. People are like, oh, Christians major over minors. And sometimes we do major over minors. And this is definitely a minor. Mm. It's not being asked to walk into the temple of Marduk and perform a human sacrifice. Not yeah. that they did that in Temple of Margaret. But he's not being he's not being asked to do that kind of yeah. thing. He's just been he's just been saying, hey, there's a really nice there's a really nice banquet here, eat some. Mm. And here we have, and this is where the story really comes together, and it shows us what God needs. Sometimes we wonder, what does God need? Yeah. And sometimes we look at our lives and we say, Okay, I want to do great things for God. I know I do. Like, yeah. I want to be a great evangelist for God. Yes, and I look at other great evangelists, and I, I want to be like that great evangelist and do great things for God. God doesn't need me to be a great evangelist. Mm. God just needs me needs me to be faithful. Yes, let's look at the big picture. We've been discussing it over the last few days. You have a situation where Daniel, sorry, Satan, is looking down at the earth. God's people are smashed. Their temple is destroyed. They've been taken captive. They've been in idolatry for you know four generations of kings. They are at the lowest spiritual ebb left ever. There is about five people left that are still followers of God, uh, namely Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and, and Daniel and his friends, and that's about it. Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they're old codgers, pretty easy to wipe them out. Uh, Daniel and his friends, he's going to uh, do good cop, bad cop with them. You know, classic mm. good cop, bad cop. So bad things happen. They're taken as slaves, most likely turned into eunuchs, etc. Super discouraged. And then, good cop, let me give you something that is only ever so slightly sinful. Mm. I mean, Satan is, this is a masterstroke by Satan. And of course, his aim is to be truly the prince of this world. Yeah. In other words, the representative of everyone on the planet. Mm hmm. The copy of the Bible probably only exists in one copy. Mm. Who knows where it is at this particular time? It's probably like in the treasure house. Probably, well, Possibly Ezekiel has it. We don't mm. know. Um, it's, it's, it's the lowest point that God's church has probably ever reached. And Satan, you can imagine him smiling to himself and saying, and not, not only this, but Satan has brought these people to Babylon. Think of the symbolism of that. Satan's like, they are here. They're in the center of my kingdom. My king is now ruling the world. Nebuchadnezzar is the most powerful individual on the planet, and he is my servant. Uh, Babylon is the place where the great rebellion started, and so I'm going to use this as a place to embarrass God. Mm. It does not look good for God, does it? No. It looks very, very bad for God. Satan looks like he has a very bright future right here, and God doesn't panic, Mm. and God doesn't flinch. And God quietly sits back and quietly smiles to himself, at which point I think Satan would suddenly get rather nervous. But seriously, who's going to worry about a couple of teenagers? Mm. A couple of teenage boys, they're easy to corrupt. Satan's well practiced at it, been doing it for like, you know, three and a half thousand years. Yeah. Uh, why worry about them? But God doesn't need an entire empire. God doesn't need a powerful political leader or a great emperor. God doesn't need a great statesman. God doesn't need huge armies and genius generals. Mm. God doesn't need any of that. You know, God doesn't need the greatest evangelist on the planet because I look at, you know, from from where where I look from. All God needs are people who will be faithful to him over the slightest detail, no matter what the cost. Mm. That's all he needs. And when you've got four teenage boys that are as faithful, as true to God as the needle to the pole, as some wise person said, God then does this. And I want you to notice what, this is what takes place. In the book of of Daniel. You're gonna find it in the first four chapters. This is what God does. God takes his man. He's just a teenager. He's a teenage kid. And while Satan sits back and gloats and like, yeah, I've nearly got them, I've nearly got them destroyed. And Satan is like, you know, in the in the in the in the cosmic game of chess, he's like, check. Mm. God takes his man and he places him as the prime minister of Satan's empire. Yeah, wow. It's like, okay, you think you've got me under check? Check, mate. Mm. What are you going to do now, Satan? Oh, and by the way, while I'm at it, I'm going to convert your emperor. Yeah. And so the emperor and prime minister of Satan's empire are worshippers of God. Mm. How much of a failure for that is Satan? Mm. God is a master at turning defeats into victories. If he can do it for Daniel, he can do it for you, no matter how defeated you ever feel. Amen.
4: The seas, the secrets of the stars are his. He guides the planets on their way and turns the earth through another day. His ways that mark the path of righteousness, His word I lamp unto my feet, His Spirit teaching and guiding me. The silent rain of your sovereignty each strand of sun. way.
0: Study the Bible better. I want to get to know Jesus, but where do I even start? Faith FM would like to invite you to a local Bible study group right here in Druin, where you can join with other people on a journey of discovery, learning about a loving and caring God who wants us to have the best life possible. We meet each Wednesday evening at six thirty p.m. in the Druin Library Conference Room. All are welcome, so invite your friends and family. And remember, there are no stupid questions each Wednesday evening, 6.30 p.m. at the Druin Library Conference Room. For more information, call or text Ben on 0403 053 288. That's 0403 053 288.
3: Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving, a program called Forgive to Live, It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness, a relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Itu ye, tu liye, binguni ye, tu ye, tu amina, Baba ye, tu liye, fundina la coeli tu cuzwe, papayetu ye, tu liye, binguni ye, tu ye, tu amina,
2: Baba ye, tu liye, fundina la coeli tu
3: cuzwe, tu peli o chacolate, tu manchoitati, tu sambe, mako sa ye, tu I'm going to go cheto tu no toy cantito su me bacuta et tu hey come nessa tona cova seme o aleo toca sea eso tu no tira catica mallari bolachini te toco eh na yule wuoi mi
1: Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come to question of the day. Before we do, we're continuing on with our new quiz, and I, I'm feeling I'm feeling another double clue.
4: You ready? Okay, bring
0: it on. All right,
1: what number am I? After becoming pregnant, Elizabeth remained in seclusion for
0: this many months. If you know the answer. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669 and the second prize of the day will be going to you. But quick, another another clue.
1: Okay. Bam. The number of husbands the Samaritan the Samaritan woman at the well had had.
0: Okay. How many times did she get married? Once again, if you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Lawson, what have we got for question oh, yes. of the day question today? Question of the day. So this is coming
1: from Jackie. She wants to know, if we're invited for a meal and we are given clean meat, but it hasn't been drained of the blood or the fat hasn't been cut off it, should we eat it? Assuming that there's nothing else. It's
0: a really good question. It's one of those things that I learned a very, very long time ago when I get invited to somebody's place for a meal. um, And and even back when I was straight vegan, I was straight vegan for about 10 years and it was great. Um, But even back then what I would do, I'd say, look, I'd love to come to your place, but you need to understand I'm a vegetarian. Up front, straight away, just put it straight out there. Let people know it saves a whole lot of embarrassment. And I didn't say vegan or anything like that. I just said veg- vegetarian. I would, I, that, that was the where I drew the line. Now, for me personally, I drew the line there because i have been a vegetarian for long enough that I couldn't actually eat meat anymore because it just would get in my mouth and then refuse to go down. Mm. And that was way more embarrassing than um, actually offending their food was when you go and throw the food up. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so that was where I chose to draw the line. So you need to tell people up front what your uh, dietary... Limitations are, and mm. we live in a very, very diverse society, in a very, very non-judgmental society compared to what we once had. You're not going to have a problem with it. I've never had a problem with that in 25 years. Mm. It's 25, 26, 27 years that I've been vegetarian, and so that was that was almost always my policy, and that way I've never actually had to deal with this situation, except on those occasions when one occasion when I forgot to mention it. And on another occasion, when I just got served a dish of mushrooms and there were like 12 different mushrooms on the dish and I hate all kinds of mushrooms, which is not against my principles, but it was definitely (laughs) against my taste buds and that was pretty hard to deal with. But anyway, (laughs) um, what should we do from a moral perspective? Let's say that we do go to somebody's house and they do serve us food that is immoral. Where do we draw the line over... um, animals where the blood hasn't been drained out and the fat hasn't been cut off it. Well, the easy thing to do with the fat, of course, is to cut off it as you go and just put it on the side of your plate. Nobody's going to give you a hard time for that. You're just looking after your health. Uh, The blood is a more complicated one. Here's what we need to understand. We need to understand the difference between kosher food and food that God approves of Mm. because those are two different things. When God instructed the Israelites not to eat the blood, his expectation was when they butchered an animal that they would cut its throat and let the blood drain out. Mm-hmm. He'd had no expectation and it, there was no ancient practice of turning that meat into kosher meat. So kosher meat, for those who may be unfamiliar with it, is meat that has been uh, boiled and beaten, drained, basically drained boiled beaten and salted until there is no single blood cell left in it anywhere and you can tell because it's kind of translucent it's white and kind of translucent mm. okay what god is that that's not that's not biblical that's jewish custom and that's fine nothing wrong with that um but that's Jewish custom. The biblical principle was that the animal's throat would be cut and it would be drained. Now that's the practice of all abattoirs here in Australia that I've ever heard of. Mm. Um, so you really have no problem with f- with meat here in Australia that's coming from you know your standard abattoir. That's, mm. that's just what happens. Overseas it might be a bit different kettle of fish, but here in Australia you're going to be fine. Um, the The thing that God is specifically talking against is the practice of strangling. And, of course, the practice of strangling is where you strangle the animal and then you let the carcass sit until the blood has congealed inside so you lose no blood at all. Mm. It's a really, really bad idea. It's terrible for your health. God said, don't be doing that. So if somebody serves food that has been strangled, yes, there is a moral obligation not to eat that food. Yes. Okay, so this is a very simple answer to it, and the Bible speaks, uh, clarifies that the issue is strangling in a number of places.
2: Each new day, God gives you a choice to make. Blessing or cursing Life or death It's in your hands The choice is yours to make So what will you choose Today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God And obey His voice For God is your life And the length of your days So what will you choose Will you choose life for death blessing or cursing the choice is in your hands how will you choose
4: to live and so this day I have a choice to make blessing or curse. For death, how will I leave? The choice is mine to make. I choose Jesus Christ. Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord
2: your God and obey His voice? For God is your
4: life And the length of your days So what will you choose? Choose life today
0: You're listening to Carly Fletcher with Choose Life. This is The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Lawson. And we need, we've come to the end of our show, which means we need to give something to you. Mm hmm. You need, so what we need to do is give something to you. What you need to do is to give us a call, 1 800 324 843. Lawson, what are we giving away today? Okay, so we have just
1: been talking a bunch about health today, so we, we would be amiss if we didn't give away a health related book. We would be. So therefore, that is what we are doing. Give us a call, 1 800
0: 324 843 for your chance. And we're going to throw in as a bonus, a living well course from the Discovery Center. Mate, yes, Don't
1: that's breathe. what we do, but we have a book. It's called Live More Happy by Dr. Darren Morton. Fantastic yes. health book, giving outlining a number of principles, um, a, a large group of them being spiritual, of the things that we can do to, uh, you know, biblically supported health practices that we can do to just be living our best lives because that's Indeed. what we are doing when we're, we're when we're at our peak health. We are happy,
2: simply, Absolutely. and I
1: can fully attest to that. And there are a number of people who can. So that's why this book is called "Live More Happy." How do we be more happy? Will we get healthy? 100%. Indeed. So yeah, as I said, one 843 You can win that book completely for free. Please call us. This is a fantastic book. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us
0: this morning on The Breakfast Show. Don't forget to live faith, talk faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus.
3: Your face is beautiful And your eyes are like the stars Your gentle hands have healing They're inside the scars Your loving arms, they draw me near And your smile, it brings me peace Draw me closer, oh my Lord Draw me closer, Lord, to Thee And captivate us, Lord Jesus Set our eyes on Devastate us with your presence falling down. And rushing river, draw us nearer. Holy fountain, consume us with you. And captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you. Your voice is powerful And your words are radiant bright In your breath and shadow I will come close and abide You whisper love and life divine And your fellowship is free Draw me closer, oh my Lord. Draw me closer, Lord, to Thee. And captivate us, Lord Jesus. Set our eyes on You. Devastate us with Your presence. A rushing river, draw us nearer. Holy fountain, consume us with you. Captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you. And let everything be lost in the shadow. Us with your friends falling down And a rushing river, draw us nearer Holy fountain, consume us with you And captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you Captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you.